Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode with my new friend, Lori Blythe. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Lori? Yes, that's it. Perfect. Good. And you've joined us today to talk about a really interesting topic. I'm, I'm really curious to dive into this a little bit, the idea of putting yourself in the customer's shoes. And we're, we're going to get into that in a lot of detail in just a little bit. But I like to start off the podcast episodes with what I call the aha moment. And I'd love for you to share a moment in time or maybe a series of experiences that you had in your business that were kind of a turning point. The light bulb came on and you're like, oh, I've, I've got to do things different now. What's an experience like that that you may have had? Well, I would say a, a piece of wisdom that somebody gave me early on when I was in that early transition phase from like amateur to part-time to full-time when you're really just wanting to crave and soak up all the help you can find uh, is somebody kind of solved the equation of when can I raise my pricing, which is something everybody struggles with, especially your first and second year, because uh, you're working so hard and trying For to, sure. you know, you're trying to just get customers and you're just so happy to get paid at all. But <laughs> right, you're like, this right. is not sustainable at all. <laughs> so and I was like, how do I solve that? And how do you, you know, kind of re value yourself when you're the only one working for yourself and nobody else, you know, really will tell you except you. So they gave me this great formula and they said the value of your photography company can be found in the three E's and they were equipment, education and experience. And they said when those three things in your photography business have grown in value, then you really have a very fair place of saying, I am really worth it more and my my service is more valuable because I have gained this equipment that's excellent. I have this education I've invested in. I have this experience where I know how to solve different situations. And I thought, wow, that really kind of simplified it. And it just sort of gave me a checkpoint to say when I had invested in those things, when I bought that extra lens and when I had taken a class and got mentoring that I realized, okay, I do, I really have invested in my company and this is solving that equation. Yes, I can raise my pricing without feeling like it was random or, you know, arbitrary just because I want more money. It's like, no, this is really is a great formula to say, yeah, this makes sense. So equipment, education and experience. Um, I love it. And the alliteration to boot too. That was, yeah, uh, that's easy pretty to great. Remember. For Years sure. later. Yes. Well, and, and it's a great place to start and a and, and good reminder, too, of what all we're actually putting into the photography business. It's easy, probably, in some cases, anyway, for a client to, to see a wedding photographer, for example, um, show up on the wedding day and charge, let's just say, five grand for, for a wedding. And they think, how in the world is this person making $5,000 for a wedding? Well, there's a lot more yeah. that goes into it behind the scenes. And, and yeah. these three E's kind of sum that up uh, very, very well. The other thing to consider, too, and this is something I've said a number of times, probably even on the podcast, um, for photographers who are, particularly those that are just getting started, um, one of the, the easy ways to consider how much you need to charge is just to do some really simple math, which is, what are my bills? 
what, how much yeah. do I need? How much do I need to live on a month? And then how many sessions can I afford to, to shoot or how many weddings can I afford to shoot in a month? How much time do I have for those? And then very, very simple math, then kind of doing the multiplication, figuring out how much I need to charge uh, yeah. per session, per wedding in order to get this, meet this budget that's going to not only pay my bills, but ideally set some money aside to put in the bank. And then also a little bit of money for at least a couple of vacations a year, some time away. I mean, we need to capitalize on this freedom, this flexibility that we have as business owners. Um, but that's that's another way to go about it as well. And I think these are really great, simple reminders that you know, many times I know our emotions can kind of get in the way and uh, yes. of, of making some logical decisions about the numbers. And not all of us are necessarily natural business people, maybe more so artists. But these kinds of simple guidelines are really helpful in, in allowing us and enabling us to move forward. So this is a great place to start. And I appreciate you yeah. sharing that with us. Now, I, speaking of, of freedom and flexibility, um, I heard you just got back from Paris. Tell us about that. Oh, where to begin? It was it was epic. Probably the best vacation I've been on in a long time. And ironically, you know, as a photographer, you'd think, oh, did you take a lot of pictures is what everybody asked me. And the, the irony is that I did the first day. I brought one of my backup cameras. And but then after that, I left it at the hotel and I gave myself the treat of just being there. Just being and good for you. It was it was really OK just to use my iPhone, even though everything was beautiful you could you could spend all day taking pictures of paris and and i'll probably go back someday and do portfolio work but it was just it was one of those things you know i don't know if you've seen the a lot of listeners maybe to the movie walter mitty and you love the character that sean penn plays of the photographer for and sure he's out you know watching the snow leopard and the himalayas yeah i remember i was like a beginning photographer watching that movie the first time and he doesn't take the picture. And I'm like, are you crazy? You know? <laughs> and, but I had that, that moment in Paris where I would have looked back at my former self and thought, are you crazy not to carry your camera around every day in Paris? But I just had that place where I was like, I really just want to be in it and enjoy the beauty of it. And that was a gift enough to me uh, just to be there and experience it and, you know, not have the distraction of collecting images and whatever. So um, but I did pay a photographer to take pictures of me, so I did get good photos. Oh, how I just cool. wasn't the one doing it myself. So that was how I traded off. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great example for, for all of our listeners, for myself included. In fact, I was, I was just in the Adirondacks uh, this weekend and in Rochester. And, I, you know, it, it's easy to, to want to, just as a, a person who sees things visually, or obviously we see things visually, but who is attracted to the visual element of day-to-day uh -huh. life. And, and when we're put in a situation where, you know, I just went to Yosemite not long ago, Yellowstone before that, um, awesome. in a place like the Adirondacks, it, you just, you want to capture it. There's, there are opportunity yeah. for beautiful images there, but I think it's a really, really great reminder again for business owners just as a whole, but particularly photographers, myself included, to just learn to be in the moment and don't feel like you have to to capture everything or Instagram everything or story everything. Yeah. It's just being there <laughs> and soaking it in and enjoying it is such a, it's, it's so important for ultimately peace, mental stability, if you will. Right. Um, not feeling you have to constantly pull out a gadget. And, and then the other side yes. of that too is the convenience of the phone. Um, you know, it's nice to have a, a quote professional camera, but you get, uh, I've used lenses from a company called Moment Lens. Uh, we'll, we'll pull a link in the show notes so our listeners can, can go take a look at these things, but they're beautiful, beautiful lenses that capture just really sharp images 
then you can throw those on on your iPhone and get a wider angle or get the telephoto option, if, especially if you don't have the the S model where you can optically zoom in, and and you can take those with you on a trip, and it's convenient. You don't have to take this big camera bag. Um, and then, of course, it's also very easy to set that aside and just be in the moment. So yeah. uh, this is a great example. How did how did you or how long did you actually get to go on the trip for? Uh, it was four days of just sort of winging it and doing casual tours and That's walking perfect. tours, biking and um, all the art museums and stuff. So it really was just like a creative refueling rather than like, hey, let's get more portfolio stuff. It's just like I need you know, to just be in this city that it loves beauty, you know, and that's just so important for photographers. And it was a really inspiring place. So I get why creatives love it. Oh, that's, I, I'm jealous of you. I've only flown through Paris to get to Italy. So that wasn't a bad, bad place to be going to either. But um, one of these days I want to go for sure. I'm, I'm quite jealous of you. I'm so happy for you that you got that time away. And, you know, Thanks. I have to say, it's kind of impressive that you were able to create the freedom, the flexibility necessary to go take a trip like that. Really what's in the middle of busy season for most yeah. wedding <laughs> photographers. That's that's a really honestly very impressive. And and I'm curious, is there something that you do on an ongoing basis, a tool that you use, a technique, an approach to managing your calendar, something that enables you to create free time like that? I don't think it was really intentional. Uh, it was just sort of like the moment was right with the right friends. And it was kind of like... you. You could say you're always so busy that you can't go to Paris, but you know, there's a saying that Paris is always a good idea. And sometimes it is in the middle of your busy season and that's just how it worked out. And I would have never started this year thinking that would be a good idea, especially in Texas where <laughs> October is like your peak season, right, you know, exactly. you'll survive off of what you shoot in October for several months. And I thought there's no way I would be gone. And then all the emails you miss and then even the jet lag afterward. And, but you know what? It's just sometimes when life gives you opportunities, you have to live it. And even if it's in the middle and it's like, what have I made this business for if it isn't for enjoying life? You know, I work to to live, not live to work. And that was good for me to be reminded of, even though I love, I love working, but it was like, hey, this is the moment that this is worth seizing. Well, way to set a beautiful example for all of us and to just go for it. And we all need to do much more of that kind of last minute, spontaneous, spur of the moment um, trips or, you know, even just taking a couple hours off. And we, we, we just don't capitalize enough, I don't think, um, on the flexibility, the freedom that we can have as photography business owners. Um, and it's easy to get caught up in the busy work and feel like we have to do this thing and that thing. But yeah. at the end of the day, again, you're just a great example of, you know what, we, I can get back to that. I'm going to go yeah. take this opportunity. It's there in front of me. I'm going to go for it. And uh, so I think that's a great reminder for our, for our listeners. And I'm sure I would assume that you that you posted a couple of images maybe on Instagram. Yeah, a few. OK, <laughs> so I, if you guys want to go see Lori's uh, Instagram feed, it's Instagram dot com slash Lori Blythe, L-O-R-I-B-L-Y-T-H-E uh -huh. photography. Yes. And of course, you can you can search that on the Instagram app as well. But uh, you guys may make sure you check out that. But that feed there. Um, I'm curious to kind of take a step back then and get sure. into your photography business and, and maybe just a little bit of a backstory about how you got into photography and then more specifically into uh, the wedding scene, engagement, bridal, wedding photography. Sure. Yeah, I was one of those people that everybody would just hand their f camera off at the holidays to take their very casual Christmas card photos. Looking back, it's it's really cute when I think about how intimidated I was to actually buy my first DLSLR. I was like, what? I can't do this. You have to be crowned <laughs> from on high to be a professional photographer. You can't just buy a camera. 
and I, I don't know if Canon people would understand, like it was just a Rebel T3i. It wasn't even like a Mark III or whatever. It was just like a very basic starter camera. But I would just walked away at Best Buy thinking, no, I can't do this. No, no. But then I said, march yourself back in there and give this <laughs> a try. Take the risk and just do it. You got to just try. So I bought it. And I hid my portfolio for like nine months. I'd never, I wouldn't launch my website. I just was so cautious of like trying to figure out what to do, you know, when you're self-taught. But I really kind of came out um, and got some courage by finding a job at a studio that was like a high volume studio, kind of traditional. They served high school seniors and they also had the the humble work of doing yearbook photos. So that oh, was yes. kind of like. You know, sometimes there is a humble beginning to like learning the trade and and the humbling yourself to like take your self-taught skills and learn under somebody who is successful yep. and let them critique your work and hear the feedback both like that is the most awkward pose I've ever seen and great feedback like that session just sold $2,000 worth of prints. Great oh, wow. job. You're like, oh, I can't. Okay, maybe I could every now and then do this and <laughs> get better. You just learn like how to sort of work through every type of clientele in a high volume place. Like all the senior boys that their moms drag them in there and they don't yep. want to be there. And you're like, hey, we're going to have a great time today, right? You know, so <laughs> it just was a constant. I just got thrown into the world doing six sessions a day. Um, and then I loved it and enjoyed it. I love the energy with with young adults. Um, I tried doing kids and babies and I would just be not quite as not quite as connected with them as I did with um, adults. And then finally got into a few weddings just by friends asking me to at a very casual, you know, here's some here's some cash kind of way. And I thought, no, this is what I really love. And then I'd made that my exclusive niche. So um, and I just love it. I don't know why. And people like, isn't that stressful to do weddings? I was like, I don't know why. I just it's a stress I love. You know, it's like, why do people work in ambulances they just feel connected to being in that place so i don't know I, but well, it is something i really enjoy i just had another conversation with a photographer about this and and the more specifically the it's really kind of a a high if you will of, of yeah. having to be truly present and focused in the moment on a wedding day where you're you're reading the nuances of the guests and the bride and groom and the family and and looking for that next kind of split second uh, mm -hmm. that, that you can capture a really, really beautiful image that represents the day really well. And, you know, occasionally, of course, playing the, the coordinator role, yeah. <laughs> um, which I think happens a good bit. I was actually helping a friend photograph a wedding this past weekend and uh, ran into a scenario kind of like that where they didn't have a day of coordinator and um, things got quite, well, first of all, things got behind, which is pretty commonplace oh, yeah. as well, but then also got quite chaotic when, um, at least partially due to the fact that, that things were running behind. People were just kind of all over the place. They're not meeting where they're supposed to, and so we have yes. to run and get this person. And, well, in the meantime, as you run in to try to get this person or this group of people, then, you know, the other people disappear or you lose track of yeah. them. You have to go chase them down. And it really can be kind of chaotic. But at the end of the day, being able to be a part of helping bring all that together and then create um, what is not only a beautiful but, of course, ideally a, a lasting representation yeah. of this this really intimate day is is a privilege and it really um, is. i as a I, I was actually f second shooting with my friend this past weekend and so i'm coming in as a total outsider i've not met any of these people before and they even treated me kind of like part of the family and to, that's one of the things that that i loved about i, I shot weddings on my own 
uh, and with a business partner for about uh, 10 years, 11 years or so. And then, as well as now, that's to me one of my, my favorite things about shooting weddings, the way that they kind of let you in on one yes. of the most intimate days of their lives and you get to be a part of that. I think it's really beautiful. I think it's great that you had the opportunity to be in a studio and get hands-on experience in a variety of situations too, a variety of types of photography that can yeah. really help strengthen our abilities, our overall abilities as photographers. And I can actually remember I shot for LifeTouch. Um, I did, oh, did yeah. school photos for LifeTouch for, for a while. Uh -huh. We shot on both the, the big, just these massive, bulky, ugly looking film cameras that you had to set up on a you know, big tripod. Um, and then we started transitioning over into digital as well. But um, that, that was a, an experience in and of itself. But, you know, uh -huh. all, all of those things, all of those different experiences, shooting different types of photography uh, or doing different types of photography uh, ultimately can help make us a better photographer if we take the opportunity oh, yeah. to learn. So I think that's a great way for photographers to get started. How, how long have yeah. you actually been in business at this point? I think this is my fourth year. So I did first year kind of part time and on the side and in secret because I was just so cautious about it. And then <laughs> um, and then worked into full time. So I've been, I think, full time about two and a half years now. Wow. And uh, you're talking about finding the joy of like being in this family and sort of in their tribe. And that that is something I I really do enjoy. And I found a really good phrase when when I'm in that place. And I feel like I get to be in the splash zone of this couple's joy. That's a great picture. We have like a, a sea world in near where I live, like an hour north of San Antonio. And like, if you sit in the splash zone, you're going to get wet from the action. For sure. And I love that where, how close I get to be with his clients on this special day in this milestone of their life. And I get to be in the splash zone of like surprise proposals and making just beautiful commitments of love. So it is just like, I get that reward, even though I have to, like you said, wrangle all of the weird chaotic things, you know, but the reward is so much better than just all the the little stuff that people think, oh, I don't know how you do that. But but they don't see the other side, too, that I just get almost like the suntan of their love just shines all over me. And I get to tell everybody <laughs> the next day how neat it was to see all of their aunts that are 50 years old dancing together in a line. You know, oh, all yeah. the things that make humanity just finally say there are good things in life. And I get to s jump into these little tribes of people and see that. And it's really, really special. Well, there's something really significant about community that I've been reminded of over the last really the num number of years. And in fact, I'm actually in the middle of reading a book right now or listening to audiobook um, called Tribe that is that speaks to this very concept and, and ultimately dealing with how we've gotten away from uh, community, the significance of community uh, as a result of various progresses and, and yeah. uh, or the progress that we've seen in our culture technologically and otherwise. But, um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, there is so much fulfillment that we as human beings get from being a part of a community, and you're very right. We, we get to be part of that that so-called tribe on the wedding day mm -hmm. and be exposed to all the emotion associated with that. And I think it's particularly beautiful when you have you know, families, uh, brides or grooms or both with, with parents who are no longer together that you see come together for that day and set aside mm -hmm. any differences or issues for the sake of the couple and yeah. showing them love. And uh, I, I, there's there's just so many opportunities like that that we have as wedding photographers to be able to be a part of experiences like that and ultimately the community that that represents. And um, so yeah. I, I'd love to hear the passion in your voice about that. And uh, I'm sure that our listeners will kind of get excited just thinking about about things as well. So yeah. um, thanks for sharing that with us. But yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious now to kind of move in the direction of our, sure. our main topic and, and this idea of putting ourselves in the customer's shoes and and, and 
preparation for this conversation, you had mentioned to Haley, who heads up our digital marketing and is helping me set up these interviews, um, that you had learned a lot from a situation where you were on the other side of the lens, where you were the subject. And so I'd really love to kind of take some time and explore this, break it down. And uh, maybe we can just start with why were you on the other side of the lens? Why were you being photographed? Yeah, I came into it thinking, no big deal. It's time for me to get some good headshots. It's been a while. And I started getting sort of kind of lazy about, you know, just using really casual headshots for my business portfolios and profiles and stuff. And which I didn't really think much of it. And I had some that were just kind of okay, but not like really intentional or like thought through as far as branding. I thought, Hey, it's time to do that. It's, it's time to put the value on myself. You know, what I, what I sell to do for myself, you know, and do for, um, do for my business and not what I represent. So I came into it thinking real confident, you know, like, Oh, I got this, you know, (laughs) but what I encountered was the real shock of how vulnerable it is to be on the other side of the lens. And that surprised me because I thought, you know, I do this for a living. I could probably pose myself and all they have to do is just snap, 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 you know, but I, all of a sudden it was just so humbling and it was, it was really refreshing to feel that, um, to, to just be reminded of, of having compassion again for how a client always expresses feeling nervous and anxious. And all, they always are coming up with like, Hey, you've got to tell me what to do with my hands. Right. Cause right. I know I'm so, you know, all the things they just bubble out because they're nervous. And because we as photographers do this all the time, we kind of brush that off over time. Like you're fine. It'll be great. You know, I know the results always work out for you. And um, just kind of blow past that and go through doing doing what you know you do. But when I was on the other side of it, I relished every bit of encouragement they gave me verbally. Like, you're doing great. This is, per-, you know, when they would kind of say, yes, you're doing the pose I'm directing you. You know, you're like, ah, you kind of settle into it. And I thought I would totally rock that, you know, but I needed it. It was, I just found this place of how vulnerable it is when clients come to us and they're saying, I'm, I'm going to allow you to represent me. I'm going to allow your artistic eye to, to call something out from me. And you really do crave having a coach invite you into being your best self. And you really do kind of long for somebody to give you permission to say, you are beautiful right now, and I want you to show the world that. Mm. And it's almost everybody's first reaction to just say, no, not me. You know, I, I can't act beautiful. I'm not a model. You know, I'm in my mid thirties. That's, you know, being all exotic and beautiful is for your like twenties or when you're engaged or something. What can you, you can't just like, you know, pose your body in this really confident posture, but you kind of do. And you, you really do crave having somebody bring that out of you. I can imagine. And it gave me, yeah, a lot of courage to have somebody say, you can do this. This is who you are. This really is who you are, and we want to show the world that. And so anytime they would give me encouragement or show me on the back of the camera that it was going well, I would just feel so much relief and confidence. Well, and, and there's something about looking directly into that that lens but not having any kind of real feedback. You know, you've got this lens staring at you, and yeah. you're wondering what they're capturing on the other side of that. And that's, of course, mm-hmm. where the communication comes in. And we, we can get into that in a little bit more detail here in just a few minutes. But you, you see that that dark lens looking at you. You don't have any immediate <laughs> yeah. feedback for yourself other than whatever right. expression that the photographer might be making. Although you know that they can also kind of fake it. So you don't know if they actually like it or they don't like it. Yeah. And and there's just no real indication as to what, how this is, this is turning out. So, yes. yeah, you can feel yeah. very naked and exposed in that scenario. And to... 
to, to have an opportunity to be in front of the lens that way um, is a great way to, again, put ourselves in the shoes of the customers, put ourselves in the customer's place, truly empathize yeah. with them, and then probably give us um, some better perspective as to how to engage with them then moving forward yeah. when we photograph them. So I want to break this down in a little bit more detail yeah. just for the sake of sure. our listeners and, and and ultimately making it practical. But take a step-by-step through the session. Like, what, mm-hmm. did it, what did it feel like when you got there and the setup uh-huh. and then the actual session itself? I was so shocked at how nervous I felt. But and I loved being able to connect with the photographer personally. It's almost like when they would just have like normal conversation with me rather yeah. than just being really business focused. It just sort of helped me just connect as a human rather than like, I know the intention of me being here is for a photo, you know, but we could just talk about your weekend and talk about stuff that sort of just helps break the walls down of our roles almost, you know. And so this is all going on before they even start photographing, right? Yeah, yeah, just talking about something that's other than the purpose of which you were here, you know, just being a person and a friend and a human and not being like running right to the goal, which is get behind the camera, you know, um, so that made me feel comfortable just just breaking down the the vendor client relationship almost and just For being sure. humans and being friends. Um, and so then we did like hair and makeup, which was kind of fun. I normally haven't I haven't done that in a long time. And I thought this is really neat. I need to remember that sometimes like the more investment you make in something and go a little bit extra is, is worth it um, to help clients feel special and beautiful. And then we did the session and, you know, putting music on and even she, she would just asked like, what kind of music do you like? So I would feel comfortable and I could, you know, when there were in between times when, you know, she was adjusting something, there was, she didn't have to fill the void. There was something kind of going on in the background that just sort of helped us all feel good and comfy. And then just as we shot, I could just feel like how eager I was to like, do the posing right. And I, <laughs> which was so shocking to me because I know how to do these things and I coach other <laughs> people to do them. And here I was just almost like forgetting how to listen to English words and just staring at her like a deer in the head, like, which is my left and my right? You know, now I have a compassion for being patient with my clients when you're describing something. And it was so helpful. One of the practical things was literally when she put herself in my shoes. Uh, and I've had other photographers do this too with me is like, just literally doing the doing the pose right next to me that I can mirror, even though I should be able to take ver- verbal direction for posing. You know? but I, <laughs> so if I needed that, I can it made, gave me compassion for how much my clients who this is their first time being in this that language of tilt your head or that kind of stuff that we're used to saying. Um, just doing it right next to them was such a great tangible way of coming into my shoes and I could immediately get it and we could work faster and, you know, do, move on to different things um, by by showing it to me physically and getting right in that spot with me. Yeah, that, that the practicality of that is really important because it's not like like most of our clients are in front of the camera that much. So the idea yeah. of shift your head this way, tilt your chin this way, you know, shift your put put your weight on your hip all these things that we say on uh-huh. a regular basis and know what they mean and, and ultimately know what it translates to as far as the, the look of the image they're not mm-hmm. they're not used to that they don't ultimately really know what that means or they're certainly not comfortable with it so yeah giving them a, a step-by-step how-to of of creating those poses yeah i can imagine that would definitely put their mind at ease yeah and i felt very comfortable um and i've had a couple different sessions so i didn't want anybody to feel like I'm talking right about their session of the photographers I work with. They were all excellent. Uh, some would give me would be just really open and direct about the cost of things, and that actually made me feel really comfortable. It was really surprising because I feel like I can be really shy about addressing the cost of things. But I really loved that I didn't have to ask the question. 
Um, and I finally understood that. And I thought, wow, I really shouldn't be shy about doing this, dealing with this because it's actually easier for me to approach them about it than it is for them to have to ask. Because I know in a different situation where I did have to ask, I almost felt like I don't want to have to question your professional integrity or almost like I trust this photographer enough that they'll tell me what I need to know when I need to know it, you know. But you want to be able to be, you, you want to have a place where you're not afraid to ask any question. And the more you can kind of know and, and understand things, it just gives you a better sense of trust um, than, than sort of being really shy about your pricing. So that also gave me courage to just come out and say, just just say what it is rather than sort of waiting for them to ask or, you know, not being giving a, uh, a payment reminder or something like you can do that. And there's no offense taken. And people want to know they want to be they want clarity up front rather than being kind of shy and secretive about it. Um, so that is something that will change the game for me. It's just being really straightforward. Um, and I also loved having tons of session information. I've had a few sessions where it was just all you know is your date, time, and location. And then they're like, I trust you. I love your skills. And I know the results will be great. And that's that's enough. But then there were some sessions that I did where they gave you plenty of like how to be prepared for the session, what to expect. And even though I do this for a living, you'd think I wouldn't need all that. But I read everything. I soaked it up. Did you really? Huh. And yes, I was like, oh, yeah. I Because I realized how much I value it, even though I should know how all this protocol works it's still an investment for me. And it reminded me of how our clients, this is an investment for them. This yeah. is a lot of money for a lot of people. And they will only do this a few times per season of their life. And so it is a big deal. And so they do want to maximize it and make it everything. It can be, you know, from the tiniest minutia of hair and nails to thinking weeks in advance of, you know, all that kind of stuff. I really relish. And it it took what a takeaway for me was um, I want to start a really detailed, frequently asked questions page. So things that I always would sort of wait for clients to ask me because I thought, well, I don't want to overwhelm them or make the conversation really long on the phone or whatever. But um, finding simple ways to make that available to them when they do want to know for those that love the detail, to love to feel prepared, um, that they feel completely comfortable. So I think I've underestimated that because just being on the business side of it and being normal with it myself, I think all those things are simple for me. But as a client, you 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 don't know what to expect from photographer to photographer or what their previous experience was with so-and-so, you know, that surprised them at the end with huge costs for certain prints or whatever. And then you feel like, oh, well, I need to ask up front. And so I just love the idea of being an open book to them as far as how I work and what to expect and then them feeling completely like they're not afraid to ask me anything or they can always reference this page if they would love to know how to really be, you know, come into this at, at full speed. Wow. This is, this is a lot of just great practical information and things to consider. And, and, you know, probably some of them at least are maybe just reminders for our listeners, but it's good to be reminded of these things because as you pointed out, the things that we assume that our clients yeah. or potential clients don't need or don't need to hear, don't need to have communicated yeah. to them in one way or another. Uh, in many cases, it would actually be potentially very beneficial for them. Yeah. So um, th these are great. I, I, I want to kind of cycle back through them. You said that the first thing yeah. that you mentioned was just the idea of being, I, I, like, I like how you phrased it, being human um, to, to your client or to, to the subject that you're photographing, connect with them personally. And this is so important to kind of, as you said, break the ice and, and to help them feel comfortable 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I still think back to, and this is something I think I've talked about in the Boca podcast maybe more than once now, but being at workshops where I'd see photographers, a group of photographers photographing a model, and you just see them, you, you hear the shutters start to fire as they start taking pictures of this model, and there's absolutely no communication to the model that's standing there. And um, it, even for the sake of a model, it can put them in a bit of an awkward situation if they don't know exactly what you're looking for. So yeah. um, connecting with them personally, and of course, ultimately, this goes on, on to the, the communication piece, which you, you mentioned as well. But connecting with them on a personal level, helping them feel comfortable and then making sure not just at the very beginning, but throughout the session that there's an ongoing effort at communication, helping them feel comfortable. Like this is mm -hmm. a human to human interaction, not a photographer to client interaction yeah. is going to transform that experience. And then going the extra mile to make them feel beautiful. This is the second point that you made and, and the idea of incorporating a makeup team. Um, it, that's for, especially for the female clients that, that is going to go a long, long way to making them feel extra special and helping them feel yeah. good about themselves. And, and I can imagine, um, that it translates directly to a, a really, really positive experience for that client. And uh, that's not something that I ever did with any of our clients, but I can imagine that it would have made a, a really big difference. And so this is a good reminder and recommendation. Uh, music to fill the silence was, was the yeah. third point that you made. And, um, you know, I, I think back to a session, I actually did a maternity session for uh, one of our clients years ago, and um, she wanted a nude session. So this was a situation where they're not necessarily going to be the most comfortable. Likely they haven't right. been in this situation before. Um, yeah. it, we helped kind of break the silence really almost immediately. Her husband turned on some music and we had music playing the whole time. And then, um, and then it became a little bit laughable at one point she wanted some, this, this picture that she had seen online of, of cloth kind of draped across her body and blowing back in the wind. And so we were actually photographing in their kitchen with a backdrop. This is where we had an opportunity to kind of set up a backdrop and I think get some light, some natural light. And so her husband was literally underneath the island with a gas leaf blower blowing, nice. <laughs> blowing this, this cloth back against his, his wife's body. And of oh, course, great. it's extremely loud. We're in this small kitchen, uh, music going on in the background. But but all that to say, I think it's really great, you know, no matter the type of, of session, if you're doing a, a portrait or a studio session in particular, yeah. uh, but even if you're photographing at a client's house, if there's music that they regularly listen to, turning that on will probably help set the stage for encouraging yeah. that comfortable or comfortability, which is really, really good. Yes. Um, number four, demo pose, demo the pose for the client. And, and we talked about this a little bit already, but this is really, really great. And this goes back to my first point too, and that, that communication piece, helping the client feel comfortable by showing them what you're asking versus just saying something and expecting yeah. them to understand, fully understand what you're talking about. Um, open, be open and direct about the cost of things. This is number five. And yeah. I, I like this, you know, there's, there is some apprehension, especially as we begin to raise our prices and charge what maybe even in our minds is a lot of money. Um, and, and we start talking about these things, the clients, and there's some apprehension, like, are they, are they really going to pay this much money right. pay me this much yeah. money to do this thing that I love? Uh, but not hesitating, just moving forward with it and understanding too, the, at the end of the day, if there's a conversation about price point and, and the client or the potential client's not comfortable with it, then, then they're just not part of the market that, that you're going yeah. after and, and you'll have another opportunity soon. So, uh, that openness, the direction or the, the, the direct nature of the communication about price point and the cost of product um, is, is a great recommendation. And then to kind of coincide with that, the last thing that you mentioned was, was the importance of sharing a lot of information about that 
session or leading up to that session so that they know exactly how the whole thing works. And, um, and that can, again, encourage that level of comfortability uh, that yeah. will help make that, that portrait session go much more smoothly. You're, you're managing expectations, which is always absolutely vital for any client or business client yes. relationship. And uh, so that's a really great reminder as well. Anything else that you want to kind of add to that here at the end? I think it's good for photographers to step behind the lens every now and then, I guess for your own self, for your own profile pictures for your, but also for your life. Um, and to remember what it feels like, cause I know it just becomes routine after a while. Um, but to, but to have compassion for their experience and how, what a big deal it is yeah. when it's your moment, when your appointment time comes up, when your session, it's your session, even though you're like one of 50 for them, but it is your moment. And it's a big, it's a big honor. It's a lot of trust you're giving. Um, it's a lot of humanity you're giving and you're kind of trusting them with this place of, of an internal conflict of like humility and vanity, but you're like, this is, this is worth honoring. This isn't vanity. This is your life is special and your life has milestones that are worth giving honor and beauty and time and attention to. And it's, it's something that we get this really great privilege to offer to the world. And, and it can kind of come and go if we get in the routine of just something we do that's normal and becomes just almost something you can do naturally without a whole lot of prep almost. But this experience of, of reinvesting in it for myself just kind of really brought it back to how much it means to those that we serve. Oh, this is a great, great um, reminder for all of us to but really primarily to empathize, right? And it's, and it's a good yes. reminder in our photography business, uh, but it's really a good reminder just as, as human beings to put ourselves in the other person's shoe, to understand what yeah. it is that they're feeling, what they're going through. And then, of course, as photography business owners, then in the context of getting ready for a, a portrait session or a wedding or otherwise, that will help us more effectively communicate um, yeah. to our clients to, to manage expectations effectively and ultimately to create a really beautiful product for them. So this is, I, I love, I love the, the passion in your voice. There's the spark in your voice and the way that you talk about this. And I, I love to hear that. And I'm sure that that will translate to our listeners as well. It's always great to hear that kind of excitement and passion from our guests. I really appreciate you making time sure. to, to share with us today, myself included. And, and I'm curious if you just, um, I know we already talked about your Instagram account, but you just kind of remind our listeners where they can see your work online and follow what you're doing sure um i'm at Lori blythe photography on instagram and facebook and um, i have a personal account just Lori underscore blythe if you like just the goofy in and out of normal life <laughs> um, and i would say i'm so grateful for photographers edit i know i would tell i would say that on any other person who asked but i it is it has been so vital to the success of my business and um i'm just really grateful to have connected uh, with this resource. So to anybody who's not sure, it's really worth, it's really worth, um, adding to and being a part of. So that's my plug. <laughs> well, thank you, Laurie. That's very yeah. kind and gracious of you and certainly not, uh, anything that we requested, but it's kind of you to, to make that mention. And, sure. um, you guys make sure that you, you do check out photographersedit.com. If you don't have a company that you're working with that can handle that, that busy work for you so that you can focus on more important things, both in your business and in your personal mm -hmm. life. Um, do check out photographersedit.com. But you guys make sure you follow Lori on Instagram, Lori Blythe Photography, Facebook, the same thing. And then uh, go to loriblythe.com as well. You can see her website there. Uh, thank you again, Lori. This has been absolutely yeah. wonderful. It's been a privilege. Thanks so much. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.